Hi, you are listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. You guys thought they played that just for me, right? No, that's for all the moms, all the ladies in the house. Can we just honor all of our ladies today? You are lovely. You are wonderful. And man, at this church, we are a church of giving honor where honor is due. So I just want to honor my husband who gets up here every single week. Because after this week, I'm like, I don't want to do this again for a really long time. You know what I'm saying? So can we just honor our pastor who pours into us and makes us all, pushes us all to be better. Well, happy Mother's Day. They say motherhood has truly set in if you do some of these things. These kind of remind me of, have you guys seen those Geico commercials? Geico commercials where they're teaching you not to be like your parents. Those are hilarious. Okay, so they say motherhood has truly set in when you offer to cut up other people's food. Or you hide in the bathroom just to be alone. Come on, mom, who knows what that's like. You hope ketchup is a vegetable because it's the only one your kids will eat. You read that the average five-year-old asks 492 questions a day, and you feel really proud because your child is above average. You use your own saliva to clean your kid's face. Please don't try it on other people's faces. Um, You count the sprinkles on each kid's cupcake to make sure that they are exactly the same, no fighting, no getting cupcakes on each other. You sometimes hear your mother's voice coming out of your mouth, and you're like, oh, shoot. Been there, done that. My mom's coming to second service, so got to be on my best behavior. You stop criticizing the way your mother raised you. You hire a sitter because you cannot remember the last time you went out, and then when you're out, all you do is check on the kids the whole time. You say at least once a day, I'm not cut out for this job, but you wouldn't trade it for the world. And so whether you are a mom biologically, whether you maybe have adopted, maybe you long to be a mom, Maybe you have a mom who's passed, or maybe you have a a child who's passed. We want to honor every lady in here today. I had to, not had to, I got to go celebrate Baker's life yesterday. And so I think of Kayla this morning who um, got to have two little boys, one who's still with her today. But man, special, special honor to those of you who have gone through such tough times in motherhood. But happy Mother's Day. Today is a day that we want to honor every single woman in the house today. We have a gift for every single lady when you leave, whether you're a mom or not, because we believe that women are important. And so today, it is all about you. Now, I want to ask you if you've ever heard of some of these women before. Just, you can raise your hand, okay? Don't lie, okay? And don't look them up on your phone and be like, oh yeah, I know who they are. Alice Coachman. Anybody ever heard the name Alice Coachman? She was the first black woman to win an Olympic gold medal. How about this name? Andrea De Jong. Anybody? No? She saved hundreds of lives as a member of the Belgian resistance in World War II. Her and her dad made this huge line. They had hundreds of people, over 700 lives that they saved. Belva Ann Lockwood, anybody ever heard that name? In the 1880s, she ran twice for president before women even had the right to vote. Ada Lovelace, anybody ever heard of her? She was the first computer programmer in 18. 15. So I say all that to say this, there's a lot of women who do not get the honor 
that they deserve. A lot of women who have done incredible things sitting in this room today, there's, you're sitting next to some incredible women that you don't know the things that they have done. You don't know the things that they've gone before you and done. You don't know the things that their grandmothers have done. And they did not get, and everyday moms, I know you do not get the honor that you deserve. So we want you to know today, every lady in here, that you are incredible. You're doing an awesome job. You are loved. And so can we just honor every woman? Come on, I think you should stand for all the women in here today. Come on. Honor them, honor them, honor them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may be seated. Well, I am super excited to launch a new ministry at our church. You have little cards on your seats that look like this. And I thought, what better day to launch this than on a day where we're celebrating women. So we are launching a sisterhood ministry at Hope Church. And so today is the first day you probably are hearing about it. And this was kind of birthed out of this community group season. We had a bunch of ladies groups. And typically at the end of every community group season, all the ladies are like, it can't be over. We still have to meet. I don't know what I'm going to do without you. But we all know some community group leaders also need rest. And so, man, there's just such a passion right now in our women's hearts to be together, to grow together, to have friends who are chasing Jesus together. There's a difference in friends who aren't chasing Jesus and the ones that are. And so we are going to build a sisterhood ministry. We're having a launch party on the back is the details on May 26th. This is from, we want this to start including every girl in our church. We want little girls in nursery and elementary to know that they are part of a sisterhood. And our, our tagline for this is we are going to be women who are for each other. We have enough women who are catty and want to get at each other. Get on your comment, get on your, get on your feed. We want to fill each other's feeds with positive comments. We want to fill each other's minds with positive comments. And so on May 26th, we are launching Sisterhood. Ladies, if you're excited, let me hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So take these. Feel free to take extra. There's some all around. And we want you to invite your friends. Maybe you know a sister who might need some encouragement. And this will just be the beginning. This will be something that happens year-round so you don't want to miss it and you know there's going to be good food there's going to be good gifts to take home and all kind of stuff so save the date for that well we are going to pray before we get started i'm excited to share a message with you this morning god we love you i thank you so much for the opportunity to just be here today and god you know what every single woman in here is going through today God, and, and every single man for that reason, God, you know what each of us are going through. And so, God, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth today would be straight from you, would be straight from your word, and that it would encourage each of us today. God, we love you. We give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let me ask you these three names. Have you ever heard these names in the Bible? Have you ever heard the name Miriam, Aaron, or Moses? Anybody ever heard the name of Moses? All right. A little more, a little more famous but I bet you've never probably heard their mom's name. I mean, the woman who raised these three powerful, incredible leaders, and they barely even mention her name. Actually, her name is only mentioned in a lineage passage. Like when they talk about her and what we're going to read today, they just call her her or she. They don't even call her her name, but she was an incredible leader. She must have been to have raised up these three incredible kids. In my Bible, I highly recommend the Life Application Study Bible. Each of these, each of her kids get a whole paragraph. They get a whole page in my Bible with a breakdown of their biography, what they did. Their mom doesn't even get anything hardly. And I'm like, what is up with that? But anyways, we're going to give her the honor that she deserves today. Her name is Jochebed. Anybody got a best friend named Jochebed? No? 
Anybody pregnant, you might want to put it on your baby name list, okay? It'll be a good middle name if you need multiple syllables, because you know you got to match up the syllables. So Jochebed is her name, and today's story is going to come from Exodus, but I'm going to give you a little backstory. How many of you guys remember the series we did, I think it was in September, called Plot Twist about Joseph? So we kind of studied the life of Joseph, and this kind of starts uh, there. Joseph gets that coat of many colors, his brothers are jealous, fast forward, they get mad, they throw him in a pit, they sell him into slavery, he gets taken to Egypt, he becomes a dream interpreter for Pharaoh, like the big dog. Pharaoh ends up putting him in power, Joseph ends up moving all his brothers back to Egypt, so now there's Israelites in Egypt, they continue to grow and grow, they're friends, everyone likes Joseph, everyone likes the Israelites because he saved them from famine, he gave them all they needed. Well, we're going to pick up in Exodus 1. 400 years have passed, okay? 400 years have passed since Joseph. Generations have come and gone. And the Israelites and the Egyptians are not BFFs anymore. The next generation, they forgot to pass down the message of what happened. And I think just a mini message there is that it's our job to keep telling the next generation what happened before us, lest we forget and we all become enemies and bad stuff happens. So... That's just a side message. Maybe I'll speak on that next time. So we're going to pick up in Exodus 1, Exodus chapter 1, verse 6 through 12 says this. In time, Joseph and all of his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. We can never quit telling our kids of the miracles that happened before us. Uh, verse 9 says, he said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they're going to join our enemies, fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. They got scared. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramesses as supply centers for the king. But listen to this verse. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. Hey, you cannot stop God's people. You try to snuff us out, we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep getting powerful. Verse 13 says this, so the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in their demands. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives. I'm not going to try those names, but you may want to add those to your baby name list too. Uh, when you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby's a boy, kill him. Pretty straightforward. If it's a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders, and they allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded, why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew, this is what they said. The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous, and they have their babies so quickly, we can't get in there. You do not want to mess with a Hebrew woman. She gets no epidural. She's in and out of the hospital on the same day. She probably has all her makeup on, giving birth. You do not want to mess with the Hebrew woman. You know, 
we have a Hebrew woman in our building today. Kelsey came back the first week that she had that baby. Those Hebrew women, they ain't missing a church service, okay? They are vigorous in giving birth. And those midwives said, we couldn't do it. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. The midwives feared God. They didn't care about disappointing Pharaoh. They cared about disappointing God. I think sometimes we care too much about disappointing everybody else instead of disappointing God, and we need to change that. And then their obedience also brought blessing to them. I promise there's a lot of scripture, but it's a lot of good stuff, okay? So just hold on. Verse 22 says, then Pharaoh gave this order, throw every newborn into the Nile River, but let the girls live. He gave this order to everybody. So he's like, okay, the midwives can't help me. Decree, public, put it on the news, front page of the newspaper. Anybody who finds a boy Hebrew baby, throw him in the river. Now is the good story. Now we're going to talk about Jochebed. Jochebed, we got you. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. Didn't even mention her name. They get married. Now, before we get to verse 2, a lot happens between verse 1 and 2, okay? Verse 2, she has her third child. So we know verse 1, she has two, and she says, you know what? I just don't, I'm just, I don't feel like we're done yet. I had two kids, and I didn't feel like I was done yet. My husband's like, are you sure? You sure? We've got a boy, we've got a girl, this is perfect. And then I got my way, and we got to have four kids because on, on pregnancy three, we got a double whammy. But I, I can't imagine my life without Judah and Selah. Can any of you guys imagine church without Judah and Selah, okay? So God knew, Jochebed knew that she needed this third child. So she got pregnant and she gave birth to a son. Now, I think I just missed the window for gender reveal parties. Praise God, because those are too hard for me. But can you imagine the gender reveal party at Jochebed's house that day? Like, she gives her friend the envelope, and she's like, don't tell me, I don't want to know. Yeah, right. And all of a sudden, they pop the confetti cannon, they cut the cake, they hit the golf ball, whatever it is that is the coolest thing today, and it's blue. Everyone, like, no one was wearing blue that day, hoping it was a boy, you know, like, wear blue or pink. Everyone's wearing pink, like, girl, girl, it's blue. Everyone's screaming, crying, oh my gosh. Everyone leaves the party, like, horrible gender reveal party, okay? She has the boy. Her anxiety must have been through the roof when she started to go into labor that day. She saw, so she gives birth to a son. She saw that he was special and kept him hidden for three months. They reference this again in Hebrews 11. It says, it was by faith that Moses' parents, again, no name, hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual, another version says, a proper child, and they are not afraid to obey, to disobey the king's command. Now, moms, when we see our babies firstborn, maybe you have a niece or a nephew. Whenever you see a baby, everyone's like, oh my gosh, look, look. Have you ever been like, this baby is going to be the president? Like, they are so special and incredible. They are going to be smarter than Einstein, right? This was a different kind of special that Jochebed was talking about. She saw her baby. Some versions say that the room was filled with light when he was born. Another, I was studying, trying to see, like, what was so special about him? The Greek word um, that describes him is, is osteos, which means of the city, of polished manners, elegant. And so there was something different. She saw something different. God allowed her to perceive this destiny in her son that she knew she had to protect him. So she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. Do I have any crafters in the room? 
right? Jochebed gets her 40% off coupon. She probably got three because she needed one for the papyrus, the pitch, and the tar, right? She gets all her coupons. She goes to Hobby Lobby, Joann's, Michael's. I'm not discriminating, but I think Michael's, you can use all three stores' coupons, okay? So she gets there, she gets, and she makes this perfect little thing, waterproofed it, to put her baby in, to stick him in the Nile River. Like, I can't even, when I stop to imagine what she must have gone through, I'm like, nope. You can't, like, you can't really even imagine this kind of stuff. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. So technically, she kind of obeyed Pharaoh. She put him in the Nile. But the baby's, sis the baby's sister, who's Miriam, who's around 12 or 13 years of age, I can only picture this as my daughter, Hope, okay? Think of, like, Hope taking Jilly, putting our newborn Jilly back. We got a few newborns in here today. Think of your little baby in a basket. Hope, this 13-year-old, is like, I can imagine Jochebed saying, all right, Miriam, now here's what you're going to do. You're going to put the baby in. Here's a stick. If you see any snakes, just knock them away, okay? And then if, if it's not going towards the princess, spoiler alert, he gets to the princess. She's pushing the basket, like guiding it down the river a little bit, you know? And she's saying, now, I can hear at the end going, Miriam, do not mess this up, you know? Like, do not mess this up. No pressure, Miriam. You got this. So this 13-year-old girl goes out. And she's watching the baby. The baby sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon, Pharaoh's daughter, the same Pharaoh who said, throw the boys in the river. Pharaoh's daughter comes down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When she opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt so sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Maybe she thought of this on of her own. Maybe they already had this planned out. She says, uh, excuse me, um, should, I, should I go get one of the Hebrew women to, to nurse the baby for you, take care of him for you, she asked. And the princess is like, yes, do that, princess. The princess replied, so the girl went. She didn't say, like, let me go get the baby's mom. She says, let me just go find some random Hebrew woman. But we know what she was doing. She goes and gets the baby's mom, and the princess pays Jochebed to nurse her own child. Moms, anybody get paid to nurse your child? Anybody get paid to get up at two, four, six, eight, any of the times? No, just Jochebed? Okay, so she gets paid. She, Jochebed comes to, to Pharaoh's daughter. I can imagine that she's like probably like sucking in, like wants to look like she did not just have a baby three months ago, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do not want this, this princess to know that I'm the mom. She says, take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby and nursed him. Later, when the boy was around three to four years old, is what, what the history that I found says, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. What a courageous woman Jochebed was, who we barely even hear her name. She didn't just take what was given to her and say, that's a boy, go throw him in the river. She said, no, this guy has purpose. God has showed me that my son has purpose. And not today, Satan. We are not throwing him in the river today. Give me at least three months, and then I'll see what happens, okay? She gets, the, gets him and gets it going. She knew God had a plan for him, and he was going to use her. Later, it says in Hebrews, it was by faith. Moses goes on to... to Obviously, we know he leads the children of Israel out of Egypt. It was by faith when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. And I like to think that maybe, maybe he chose not to be called Pharaoh's daughter because maybe someone told him about his mom, Jochebed. 
and what she did for him. And he's like, at one point he, re he realizes, if my mom can do that, then I cannot be called a son of Pharaoh anymore. I'm going to be... I'm going to be who God's called me to be. So I think we can all learn something from Jochebed, okay? I'm going to give you four things that we can learn from Jochebed. Number one, this is for everybody, okay? Not just the women. So men, feel free to take notes. We can all learn something from Jochebed. Number one is she was unafraid. She's recorded in Hebrews 11. That's like the people who had the biggest faith in the Bible. It was by faith she hid him for three months. She could have been killed for what she was doing. But her faith outweighed her fear. In Psalms 23, 4, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We can trust that God, if God's called us to something, he's going to see us through it. Our faith must outweigh our fear. If you are going to fulfill the destiny God has for your life, then you have to be unafraid. Number two is you have to be un deterred. She was not easily swayed, okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, be stubborn. It's, you're loud, okay? Anybody got a stubborn kid? Anybody ever been, been called stubborn before? Listen, I think stubborn sometimes gets a bad rap. As long as we're stubborn about the right things, it's okay to be stubborn. Jochebed was stubborn about making sure her child was okay. In Proverbs 4.25, it says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. We've got to be undeterred. If we're going to be undeterred, we've got to be focused. We need to stay focused on the things that matter. An undeterred person asks this, what or who in my life is taking my focus away from Jesus? An undeterred person gets those things out of the way so they don't trip you up, but also an undeterred person gets back up when those things do trip you up because, hey, you are going to fall, Sometimes you are going to lose focus, but you've got to constantly be asking the question to keep yourself undeterred. Yesterday, we went and celebrated the life of Baker. And there was a great, great service together, a great, the pastor spoke, and he said this line, it is possible to have hurts without your hurts having you. It is possible to have hurts without your hurts having you. And man, my cousin's testimony has spoke to me through these last seven months. Yesterday, he was just... He barely cried, cried. Obviously, his, his emotions are coming like this. But he was praising God. They were worshiping. And, and every day he's sending me a Bible verse. Every day he's sending me a new song of how God's getting him through this. He has been undeterred in this, in this season that God has put him on. Um, so if you're going to fulfill God's destiny for your life, you've got to be undeterred. Number three is unrestricted. She was not bound by just regular old conventional thinking. She's thought outside the box. I mean, who thinks to, to build a papyrus basket, make sure it's waterproof? Like she is really, she's unrestricted in her thinking. She didn't say, this is it. This is the season I'm in. No, she thinks outside the box. And do we hear any other Hebrew women who did the same thing? I haven't seen any other stories in the Bible. Of other Now, my guess is after her Probably some of them are like, oh, cool. Can you show me how to build that papyrus basket, you know? But she was unrestricted. She, at that point, was the only one. And sometimes I think we have to be strong enough to be the only one sometimes. Sometimes it's like, well, everybody else, is, it's just easier. But we have to be strong enough to be the only one. We've got to be unrestricted. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Just start singing the last bridge of that song. He is for you. He is for you. Like, he is for you. You can be unrestricted. You can do it. God's got you. Uh, Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person 
by changing the way you think. If you're going to fulfill God's destiny for your life, you've got to be unrestricted. And lastly is you've got to be unselfish. In order for Jochebed to save her son's life, what did she have to do? She had to give it up. She had to give up her son. And we have a God who, who modeled that for us. John 3.16 says he gave his one and only son so that we can have a relationship with him. He was not selfish with us. He gave us his best gift. We have a God who modeled that for us. My husband helped me come up with this line, okay? I ran the whole thing by him, made sure everything was good. And I'm like, I just need this one line. And he gave it to me in like two seconds. It's not about me. It's about he. It's not about me. It's about he. It's, we have to be unselfish. So those are the four things. Jochebed was an incredible mother. She was unafraid. She was undeterred. She was unrestricted. And she was unselfish. God used her because she was willing to be used. So my question for you today is, do you want to live the, the life that God has for you, the destiny that God has for you? Or do you want to live the life somebody else is writing for you? Or that you want to write for yourself, which, sad news, his story's better than your story. His destiny for you is better than the greatest destiny you could think for yourself. So maybe you need to ask yourself some questions today. Is there something that you're scared of, that you need your faith to outweigh your fear? Are there some roadblocks that you maybe need to move so you can be undeterred? Is something holding you back? Something's restricting you? What do you need to, to take off so you can live unrestricted? And maybe in the season, are you more worried about you want what you want than what God wants? Are you more, more worried about what's, what's the more pleasing for you right now? But maybe you need to say, what is the most pleasing thing for God right now? Let me not worry about me, but about He. And here's what I promise you. His dream and destiny for you is going to be way better than anything you can imagine. If you want to make a difference, then allow God to use you. But the first step to being able to be used by God is you have to know who He is. You have to have a relationship with Him. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment to begin a relationship with Jesus. And the Bible says it's, it's such an easy thing to do. It's called the gospel, to just believe that what He did and what He said is true. And that's just the diving board. Like once you believe, it's just the diving board. And then you jump into this incredible pool of blessings and hard times, but a God who's gonna help you through. When you start to sink, he's like, here, here's the, here's the life vest, here's the preserver. And oftentimes he just jumps right in and says, ah, I got you. But in order for you to, to have that, you have to begin a relationship with him. The Bible says that you have to admit that you are not perfect, that you've sinned before, that you haven't done everything right. We've got to just let our pride down and say, I, I admit that. And then number two, the Bible says we've got to believe that he died on the cross for our sin and that he rose again three days later to pay that penalty. That was what we should have done. You, you guys hear, we, I say this a lot. My kids will be like, I didn't deserve that. I'm like, you're right. We really, we all deserve hell. But God died on the cross for us, so we don't have to have hell. He paid that penalty. So we've got to admit, we've got to believe, and we've got to commit our lives to him. We commit that by confessing with our mouth, by praying a prayer and inviting him into our heart and our life. And so I want to ask you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Maybe you've never begun a relationship with Jesus today. 
So I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And, and while I'm praying this prayer, for those of you who have a relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you to ask him whatever it is that you might need, whatever it is he might be saying to you from this message. Maybe you need some more faith. Maybe you have something you need to let go of. Maybe you have something that, that you know God's speaking to you. Why don't you talk to him about that while some of us start a relationship with Jesus? So if this is, if this is your moment where you want to start a relationship with Jesus, I just want to ask you to repeat this prayer after me, and it's not about the words you're saying, it's, it's you saying it to God. It's, these aren't magical words, okay? This is you starting a relationship with Jesus. So you can say something like this, dear Jesus, I admit that I have done wrong, that I am not perfect. And I believe that you sent your one and only son, you were so unselfish that you would send him to to us to die, to pay what I was supposed to pay, but he paid it for me. And so God, I believe that. I believe that he died and he rose again and that he's waiting for me in heaven. And today, God, today on May 9th, Mother's Day 2021, God, I commit my life to you. God, I confess with my mouth that I wanna start a relationship with you, the creator of the universe. God, I pray that you would save me today, God, and that I would grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you can keep your heads bowed for just a moment. But if you if you prayed that prayer for the very first time today, or maybe you've kind of said it before, but this time, like, you really understand it. I mean, if you prayed that and you would be bold enough to just say, hey, that was me. I did pray that today. No one's, no one's looking. No one's going to come up to you and say anything. We're just, we just want to celebrate with you. Is there anybody who would say, I started a relationship with Jesus today? That's awesome. In the very back of our auditorium is... Jenny and Nelson, if you want to see them on your way out, they would love to just help you understand it more. But we celebrate that today. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing the last bridge of this song that says, Would his favor be upon us for a thousand generations? Because if we quit telling the stories of what Jesus has done, then the generations are never going to know. So God, would you be with us, God? Would you speak? continue to speak through this worship? so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.